Welcome to episode 23 of season 3 of The Three Amigos. I'm your host Don and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars and my amiga Kylie. Um, I'm back after saving the planet and the polar bear population of Athenry. And uh, thanks a million to Mars and Kylie and our guest Phil who um, did an admirable job last week in my absence. Um, as is our tradition, we begin our podcast with a brief review of the previous game week with the best score in poem or song format. So that was this week it was mars so um take it away marzi let it never be said that the clean sheets are dead because there's so little else getting me points in the end there's nothing i need except a diamond in the field but i'm not really fast it does, doesn't matter to me snoddy 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 do you do you do you do you know what you're doing to me let the orb reset and the pendulums held 80 points in the net and the weekend is red. That's all. What do you think, Kylie? That was very good. Yeah. I thought that was quite good. I couldn't tell if it was a poem, but then he started uh, getting it was, very. It was a song, but he, he went he went off key into though. It. He definitely went off key. Um, is, he, is he usually off key? Is that, is that a thing? I'm not sure. It's part of his brand. He, if he went on key, he'd be off brand. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm next on uh, 74 points so um, mine is short and sweet uh, game week 25 started out bloody great with my back four giving me 28 Captain Mo rocked and rolled but all the rest flaming stalled so um, yeah 74 not too bad but uh, Kylie you're in third place this week so tell us your tale of woe I wasn't sure where you were going with that at the end. I was just trying to think of all the things that rhymed. But um, <laughs> I know, yeah. and as you found out, I didn't find Anton either, Kylie. So <laughs> I, I, I see that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Salah, my hero, you saved me from zero. Triple captain last week. You're now on a streak. The rest, though, a mess, and my bench, SOS. Not one of them started. Soon to be departed. As I start to lo- lose hope. There's my keeper, Nick Pope. That is all. It's a very sad one this week, I think. It doesn't tell us how many points you got. Uh, it was 59 minus four. So oh. Trent, Captain Salah and Pope and the rest was genuinely a disaster. They're all, I think I have a five-a-side team. I'm spending a wild card, Don. <laughs> it, it, uh, to be honest with you, this week was like that though. It was um, yeah, if you had a good defensive cover and like I had loads of clean sheets. I had five clean sheets, I think, between on my bench as well. I had, but uh, other than that, oh, just Sa- a humble brag there. No, 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 no. But other than that, with Salah, <laughs> like other than Salah, I had no other attacking returns in the whole. You game needed week, the so. Scottish hero. Mm. Well, I mean, sure, it, captain him next week, so Mersey, if you love him so much. Yeah, no, he's Look, I said, I said, I said on the pod uh, last few uh, few weeks that I fancied Snoddy. I like his delivery, and and he was always in for this period of the double game week. Plus, I earmarked the Brighton game. And if you don't believe me, speak to Suj from at Planet Football, uh, Planet uh, Pod, whatever. It, you know, Suj and, and James. I was having a conversation with Suj because we um, 
uh, we're talking about the games. And I said to him, I feel this is a nine-pointer for West Ham, not even a six-pointer, and the boys have to turn up. And I, which is why I kept Haller and, and Snoddy. Uh, but uh, yeah, okay, okay, not, okay. He's still enough, Hoyle. enough. You know, yeah. you're talking about yeah. humble brag, Kylie, the point, and, and he goes the point on that we were, I know the point that we're making there is Snodgrass is a midfielder, only two strikers scored. Samata, I think his name is the new uh, striker from Aston Villa, and Glenn Murray, who's 95 <laughs> next year, so like hasn't played in. Ever. Samata, not bad season. for a Tanzanian, isn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Quite. Yeah. <laughs> Quite. Yeah. But yeah, I Ironic, mean, it, yeah. it just, it, it, it wasn't happening. Obviously, Firmino did brilliantly with three assists. But yeah, the, the attacking returns from the majority of attacking assets, um, or, or kind of more popular ones, certainly had dried up. I think it was, uh, I think it's uh, FBL Salah, his name is, he does like the clean sheets or the first scorers in the game. And it was hilarious because if you look at the scorers, it was Salah uh, and the rest were all X because, so the, the top or the highest on percentage, uh, likely, yeah. most likely to score. And like, I think Aguero was top, Salah was third, I think. And basically it was a red of, uh, a, a red of C apart from Salah. A sea um, of red. Sea so, yeah, of red, sorry. <laughs> But I'm we just did excited. have a week like that. I know. We did have a week like that going back a little while, if you remember. There was one other week where we were talking about this exact thing, where there was maybe two obscure strikers who scored uh, in, in one week, and then none of the, the popular or um, likely to score ones did mm. either. Nobody likes those weeks, unless you're a I mean, when Mina, when Mina, got, Mina got a brace, and then uh, who was it? Um, oh, uh, Rudiger got a brace. I was like, this, this, this weekend is going to be hilarious. And then Van Dijk decided to backheel one of the most beautiful balls to him, and he decided to backheel it. I was like, come on, put it in yeah, the back it of was, the net. It was one of those game weeks, so uh, hopefully not to be repeated. Um, let's... Did you actually see, sorry, before we move on, did you see the tweet from um, Alonso? So, uh, oh gosh, I think it was uh, Premier League, so official Premier League uh, Twitter account had uh, posted that uh, Rudiger's two goals were the first time a Chelsea defender had scored two goals in one match since um, John Terry in whatever year it was. And um, Alonso just retweets and goes, sacked in the morning, because as we know, he did it twice. (laughs) <laughs> like really you you missed it once and then again yeah <laughs> uh yeah no we we all remember those days uh the three amigos fbl classic league the standings after game week 25 uh top of the table still luke warm fc that's luke burgess's team no cane no gain uh sam bonfield our friend sam is up into second place fantastic game week she had snotty as well um, glory, glory, Man United, Francis Mahan's team. Hopefully this is um, this FBL season has given you a little bit of joy this season, Francis. Uh, Rocking Vet, that's Maria Kathleen Ranola Downey's team, is up into fourth. So that's a new entry into the top five. And uh, Villa Breal, Luke Maloney's team, is down into fifth spot. So well done to all of those. Um, this time of the podcast, we always hand the microphone over to Marzi for his rant of the week. So Marzi... Get rid of all that angst. So I put a tweet out <clears throat> after after the triple captain week. 
And I said, you know, I don't gloat, I don't cry, I laugh at myself if I score low. I share my my low scores and my high scores. Um, I think it's absolutely fine if your triple captain bangs to celebrate and be happy. Absolutely fine if somebody you bring in likes Noddy, smashes it, be happy. That's what that's what the game's about. It's, it's I also cry if I bring uh, somebody in and they don't do anything, and you sell somebody that does. What's not fine is if you gloat. So don't gloat, but celebrate. If people then have a go at you about that, then it's their problem, not yours. And and a lot of people seem to agree. And I think, you know, this is really important. There's a difference between celebrating and gloating. Uh, It's a huge difference. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with celebrating. The other thing that I didn't like as well is, which which links to this as well, is... um, you know, the last few weeks, we've had a lot of people who decided to wildcard and we talked about it. There was no right or wrong time. But don't go telling people, I wildcarded, I got this score, it was the best time, you're all pretty much losers. Or you're all going to follow me now, or this or that. It's, it's just, you know, I, I didn't, sorry, but I didn't wildcard and I probably got higher score than you. You don't see me going on about saying, oh, I didn't what you know. It's, it's fine. It happens. You, you wildcarded. It was right for your team. I didn't because I didn't want to. I, I need more information, but it's fine. There's no right or wrong, and we'll see what happens at the end of the season. But I don't, I, it doesn't sit right with me when people start ha- telling other people off or having a, or telling them, ah, oh, I did a better job. It's, it's, it's just not right for me. To be honest, it's not right. Yeah, yeah. Stop being a snowflake, Mersey, okay? It's, it's just having a, getting your knickers in a twist over nothing. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, very, very true. And at the end of the day, sure, a wild card isn't about this game week anyway. It's about it's about the rest of season. Wild cards for, it, for the it, season. Yeah, it will only it'll only become really clear whether it's the right time to do it or not. Um, in five game weeks time, I guess, or after these blanks are navigated. Uh, so um, actually, that brings John, us on. Can I just interject mm-hmm. on a, a quick random note here? Um, your voice just went really deep. And it, it actually gave me flashbacks to when I was younger in Australia and there used to be this um, show and it was like, you know, they play all the romance songs and people would call in, you know, and like dedicate a song <laughs> to their boyfriend or something. But the guy had that really, really deep voice and you just went like full there. And I was are like, oh, my God, this is a whole other career option for you. Are you, fl- are you flirting with me? Kelly? No, I'm, I'm – no, well, always, obviously. But it was actually really, really funny. Did you not hear his voice go really I didn't, deep? I didn't Emma? hear my voice do that, though. No. His voice always sounds deep to me and, and sexual, no, to be honest. So. Yeah, I know, Thanks, but you're, you're into that. But I was like, maybe he's been practicing that because of, you know, all the stick he's got about competing with Stag. I don't know. It was... <laughs> Listen, Stag is just a boy in comparison to me, Kylie. His voice hasn't broken yet. Yeah, <laughs> so that's why he's gone with this tactic. Yeah, like, let, just an uh, interesting observation. Yeah, no, no, but it's, it's a good observation. Now, we might bring it over to some FBL observations with our big topics of right. the week, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> down there. Nicely done. Yeah. Smooth segue. Smooth segue, yeah. So um, we have a good few big topics of the week. So um, we're we're going to kind of kick these off. We've stuck with a little bit of a um, of a team specific t- 
topics and also we're going to look at the blanks and I'll come to you first Marzi on that. Um, we do have blanks to navigate shortly due to the cup fixtures. Uh, firstly maybe can you tell the listeners what they should be aware of, what they can be keeping an eye out for and maybe how you believe they should be preparing for those blanks. So uh, yeah, what what we definitely know is there are uh, in game week twenty eight we have two games that are absolutely uh, not going ahead: Man City Arsenal and uh, Leicester. Uh, sorry, Aston Villa Sheffield United. Uh, that's because of the Carlin Cup. Uh, fi- um, sorry, Cabrera Cup final between uh, City and Villa, which will be the same game week. We what we don't know is we don't know when. These, game, these games will be played. We know they will not be in game week 28. So obviously for a lot of us who have City players, and especially people who have been Dublin or Triple Up or Sheffield United players, you know, you have to be careful. Uh, you, 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 this should not come as a shock to you now. We know and we have two, two or three game weeks to, to, uh, to make, make sure that we have um, 11 players. Especially for people that, for example, have uh, Henderson, like myself, in goal, and I have a non-playing second keeper, so I need to bring in another keeper. Uh, thinking of the bench boost in the future or coming up, especially if you've wildcarded, you might want to bring a playing keeper and keep Henderson, because although he misses, likely to miss 31 potentially if Sheffield United keep going, um, they do have good fixtures and they will have doubles in the future. So I wouldn't say sell him. But if you don't have the money and you, and you have a non-playing keeper, you don't have anything to bring in a 4.3 like uh, McCarthy or 4.4 maybe now, um, you know, uh, you need to, to consider that. Plus as well, uh, your, your Sheffield United defenders, if you doubled up on them, plus, plus Henderson, people who have, most of us have KDB, some have Aguero. Now, I'm not saying you don't bring them in because we'll talk about it later. I'm considering Aguero. You just have to make sure that you have a plan that for 28, you know that those four teams will not have a game. That is what we know right now. Looking at game week 31, like what we know for sure, two games have been confirmed and non-blank. Wolves versus Bournemouth and Burnley versus Watford. That's all we know right now. Now, tomorrow, we might know more. So if Liverpool kids lose to Shrewsbury, then Liverpool will be available. Tottenham uh, and Southampton, one of them will be available. So after, uh, now I've started to think about <clears throat> what do I want to do to set up my team for 28 and for 31. The, the original chip plan or the easy one was to free hit in 31. And it's still a viable plan. However, I like to use a free hit sometimes um, in a double game week because it gives me 11 double game week players um, and, and I keep my other team, my original team. Of course, you, you can't have 15 because you can't use the bench boost and a double uh, and um, the free hit. So I, I, I have not. You need to start thinking about it now because you've got six game weeks between uh, or five games between now and 31. So I've looked at what we know and what we don't know, and I said we'll know more tomorrow. So if you want to have a, a team in game week 31, um, looking at I've looked at Wolves pictures and Bo- Wolves, Bournemouth, Burnley, and Watford. So, um, for Wolves, they play Leicester at home, Norwich at home, Spurs away, Brighton at home, West Ham away, Bournemouth at home. Fantastic fixtures. You can easily have three players there. Bournemouth, Sheffield United and Burnley away, Chelsea at home, LFC, uh, Liverpool away, uh, Crystal Palace at home, Wolves at home. Personally, for me, they are, they're a void. They're just not informed. They're going to be dragged. I'm not really sure who to go for. 
Uh, I've sold Rico because I don't see many clean sheets, and I think there's be- uh, other d- better options. Burnley, Saints away, Bournemouth at home, Newcastle away, uh, Sheffield United at home, uh, City away, Watford at home. To be honest, maybe uh, Pope, if you have him, you keep him, and maybe the, the striker Woods, and you bring him in just for game week 31. Not great fixtures, and I don't see many goals in the Burnley team. Watford, Brighton away, United at home, uh, United away, uh, uh, Liverpool at home, Crystal Palace away, Leicester at home, and Burnley. I would avoid maybe one maximum, Dini or something again in the last week, or, or, or Delefeo. But for me, they're not, uh, they're not great options. Um, so, the other fixtures that, we, that are important, that are happening, that we need to know, uh, to know about. Uh, for to to see the outcome for um, 31, I already mentioned. Um, so Liverpool versus Palace. If Liverpool lose, they, then it's easy. You have three players plus Wolves three. That's six. It's getting better to create a team, but you need to watch out uh, Liverpool result tomorrow, and then again they play Chelsea. We will know exactly what's happening for 31 by game week 29. That gives you two game weeks. So. If you need to start thinking about it now and tomorrow, see what, what teams are coming uh, are going to drop out, Southampton or, or Spurs or Liverpool, and start bringing those players in slowly to, to build up for that 11. Um, I said, so Spurs West Ham is another fixture. We will know tomorrow what's happening if Spurs lose. Uh, got Norwich versus Everton. This is likely to go on uh, because um, um, I think we're waiting on Norwich and Norwich have a tough fixture uh, in, in the Cup. Uh, Southampton versus Arsenal likely to happen uh, if if Southampton lose tomorrow. Arsenal already out. Uh, Chelsea versus City is likely off. United versus Sheffield United. Uh, so Manchester United versus Sheffield United is likely off. Newcastle versus Villa. Newcastle have to win two games as well as a replay. So a replay tomorrow on another game maybe. Um, so now, what what would you do about your your wild card if you haven't played it? So for me, for example, I'm thinking if I want a free hit in, in 31, I'm thinking about waiting with my wildcard until I find out what happens in, 20, in game week after game week 29, where we know who's playing in 31 and who's not playing. We might not know the doubles yet when they fall, but we know it between 34 and 37. So I think for free hit, if, if for 31, if you don't want to use the free hit, you need to start thinking. I think we'll get, we'll get a clearer picture tomorrow will definitely know by 29 what, what 31 looks like. So just a quick um, kind of overview of how I'm thinking about uh, game week 31 and 28. That's good stuff, Marzi. Thanks, man. It's um, very comprehensively covered. Um, Kylie, come to you on Leicester. I wanted to talk Leicester because, of course, they've been between Soyuncu, Vardy, even um, you know Tielemans, Madison, they've had a lot of fantasy assets who've been kind of very important in managers' teams so far this season. But maybe Harvey Barnes aside, is there really is there a major issue with those options? Looking at the upcoming fixtures and with Leicester being one of those teams, of course, not blanking in game week 28. What should Vardy and Soy Sauce owners do? Yeah, listen. Leicester is a, an interesting one because we have certain perceptions um, about how they're playing and uh, that's as a team that, that's not necessarily accurate you know um, I mean if one of the big reasons it's difficult at the moment is because we do have this blank in 28 coming up um, 
they did not win their fixture against Aston Villa as we would have expected them to. Um, and so as a result, they are playing that game. Um, they have, in terms of their upcoming fixtures, th there's a huge swing coming. So th the next two are Wolves, who are traditionally tricky to play, particularly uh, um, for teams that have been you know, stronger. They seem to up their game. And then Man City um, at home. And then after that, they've got Norwich away, Villa at home, Watford away, Brighton at home, Everton away, Palace at home. I mean, that is a really excellent run. So two tricky ones. And then this sublime run, and critically, that includes plum fixtures in 28 versus Norwich and 31, which is the Brighton at home fixture. Obviously, as Mars alluded to, there's huge questions over over whether that fixture will happen, where it's all pending the the next round of the FA Cup, and and whether they get through. But hypothetically, if they are, well, we already know that they they're a great replacement option for 28 in theory, based on the fixture, and they could be in 31. And I guess what I meant about perception is that. For those of us who have these Leicester assets and, and the highly owned ones being, of course, as you alluded to, Vardy and uh, Sionchu and, of course, Madison as well because he was a really popular pick. And they have not – none of those have been in form, in, in any kind of form recently. And so it creates this kind of sense that Leicester have really fallen off the wagon. Um, obviously, they have not been putting in the – really dominant performances that we had seen pre-Christmas. But uh, but they do have good recent form. So if you look at their attacking form as compared to other teams over the last four, they're third for goals scored, sixth for minutes per chance, and third again for shots on target. So despite all of us owners feeling really put out and lamenting these endless blanks, it's been these other Leicester assets that have been, I guess, picking up their game in that time. Two of the notable ones, of course, being Perez and very recently in the last three games, uh, Harvey Barnes, who was sort of threatened with this potential all season. And we're really seeing it come to the fore right now. Um, I guess the, the thing is, so starting with Vardy, you know, between the baby and the butt niggle, like <laughs> Vardy kind of feels like this broken. Did you just say uh, butt niggle? <laughs> I did, yeah. I did. <laughs> well, that's what it was, right? Okay. So it was a butt nickel. Um, so he's Vardy broken is the question. So he, he has one assist in the last seven. And I guess the thing that is so stark about that is because before Christmas, before the butt and the baby, he was on this tremendous run that looked like he might potentially, um, you know, overtake his own record in, in Europe for consecutive games scored. And he was on this phenomenal run. And, I mean, Madison hasn't – I think he's won return since game week 17. Like, it's really off the boil. But it's a huge quandary for us owners because we're dealing with this potential – you know, great potential for, for points in terms of the fixtures and critically playing in 28 really does alleviate some of that issue around who we should go for. Um, and maybe there's a nostalgia aspect as well. So it's like in the immediate moment, do I really want Fadi or Madison? I'll get to say on you in a second. Um, do I really want them? No, probably not. And um, the next two fixtures don't look great. And neither of them have form. Um, 
but then they play in 28 and 28 kickstarts this great run and you know can they regain that can they you know make the most out of the the good fixtures because it's still all there in terms of them and City for second place and a lot of people have fires to put out I mean the, the reality is that we've got the traditional defensive template that lots of us have had this season absolutely fall apart at the seams with the likes of Kelly and uh, Rico's just Rico right so it is what it is but Lundstrom as well so a lot of people have fires to put out and perhaps a playing Vardy or Madison is somewhat of a luxury transfer out at this stage I guess you know if I'm to give my view I would say if I had Madison Personally, I would be shifting him because I, I really do prefer Barnes. I think he passes the eye test and the stats would definitely agree. I mean, we know that Madison shoots a lot and always seems to have this great potential, but I, he's just not I doing think, it for uh, me. Yeah, one thing about the, the Leicester midfielders, as you mentioned there, there's so much points, but I think that they're nearly living up to the worry we all had a little bit at the start of the yeah. season with so many options. It's getting the right one at the right time. Um, like they um, they did like the last day they definitely in the match when I watched the highlights of the match of this past weekend they had loads of chances I mean on another day they they could have put away a couple more and Vardy like you know definitely even an assist or something like that to reward owners but um it was a bit of a frustrating one from an attacking point of view. Um, it, it what is, I'm hearing is the... what I'm hearing is that we need to give them a rest. We are the managers. They need a rest, so we put them on our subs bench or sell them and bring them back in for 28. Well, then yeah, they get the rest. <laughs> you're not really going to bench Ma- Madison or, uh, no, or Vardy. You're not. Well, when I meant give them a rest, as in our other team, and you come back in later, I'll give you a... Yeah, and I mean, that, I guess, is what I would advocate, depending on your situation. Um, I mean, I, I do think that on Madison, you should just be selling. And to your point, Don, it is absolutely correct that, you know, because there's Perez as well. And we could have a situation where now everyone's just starting to really gel together and, and that points could be absolutely more divided. The benefit of someone like Barnes, I suppose, is that he is cheaper than a Madison. And if you're looking to divest yourself of the more expensive options like Madison and Vardy, I mean, because the thing with Vardy is, you know, there there are really strong alternatives to Vardy um, as far as strikers go. And Barnes, he he ticks the boxes in terms of immediate form. That could just be a fad. But statistically, he looks a lot better than Madison at the moment as well. Because if you look at the last six, so he has 4.6 penalty area touches on average per match versus 1.8 for Madison. Now, that is somewhat of a vanity metric, right? So there's only so much you're going to take out of that. But what it does tell us is that he's getting into positions and he's spending a lot more time in that box. And that's evident in the shooting stats because they've both got 2.2 on average per match, except the difference is that Barnes is currently averaging 1.8 in the box and uh, 1.2 of those on target versus Madison 0.5 in the box and 0.8 on target. So there's quite a discrepancy there I mean Madison has been known for sort of missed shots and everything but I think you know for for me I understand if you would want Leicester um, but if you have Madison I, I don't think that you should have him at this stage Vardy is trickier because um, I think you know, you have him and he did have chances in that match. As you said, uh, you know, if things had gone a little bit differently, he could have got returns. 
Um, and as, I, as actually a few people as you an FBL booster was one I mean also like a bit of a joke remark back to me when I was talking about Aubameyang and he said well uh, Vardy is pretty much doing the same thing but cheaper like he's not returning but he's cheaper <laughs> so I mean yeah. the, the problem is a lot of the alternatives like this weekend in particular did nothing for us so it is a little bit more more yeah, comforting exactly. as Vardy so it, yeah. it, it is absolutely true I mean I think what, what I would say is if you want to get rid of Vardy, get rid of Vardy, right? Points should trump value, absolutely. And a lot of people have held Vardy this long and maybe are slightly reluctant because of the value thing. And really at this end of the season, I don't think that should be relevant. If you are looking at alternatives like Ings and Jimenez and you don't have fires to put out, then, you know, I would absolutely advocate for a move like that and maybe get closer to 28 before seeing if you want to loop back into Vesta, uh, Leicester via a Barnes or a Perez or who, whoever it is, or maybe back to Vardy. Um, you know, some people um, have a Bamiyang, um, and I think we're going to touch on him later, but um, there's also people who have Aguero and people who will only be buying Aguero now because of the plum next fixture, and maybe they want to loop back to Vardy for 28, you know, to, to sort of resolve that. And, and maybe you can. I'd, I'd want to see that he starts to get something, anything, just to kind of kill that pressure off a little bit. Um, so I guess it depends on your, your team situation. And what Leicester would you be thinking from, yeah, defensively point of view? Like, I mean, you mentioned soy sauce well, earlier on. Honestly, a bot mission. Um, Sayonshu, look, he was great. He was a darling for us. We had so many clean sheets, and obviously he was superb value. Um, but now he's a bit of a dud, to be honest. And even though I really love his uh, Farquad GIF tweets that he puts out, and I think it's adorable, but not enough for me to keep him in my team. He is um, – Leicester just are not keeping clean sheets. They're not looking convincing to me. And given the plethora of great value options that are out there at the moment – I just don't think that there's space for Leicester. And I think they're kind of reverting back to the norm that we would traditionally associate with them. So whatever your debates about perhaps Avardi, um, you, you, he, he's probably not your most critical issue, despite frustration may make it feel like he is. And I'm certainly fighting that myself. But I think Soyonshu is a bigger problem, to be honest. Um, I would argue, based on based on what you said, which is I agree with up until now, Vardy and Madison harder to bench. Madison, you sell completely agree. Vardy is a Vardy is a question mark. Madison, right now, if I had him, I would be selling. Absolutely, there's yeah. so many better players around. Now with Soyuncu, depending on how much you bought him, and he's up to 4.9, he's still relatively cheap. If you have your blade. Defend, blades defenders. If you have a Liverpool, most of us have two, one or two Liverpool defenders plus blades. Plus, the problem is now Kelly's not playing, right? But what the I'm saying is. The problem is that lots of people don't have actual, like, is, people who have really uh, acceptable defenses probably don't need to worry about him and he could just sit there, but not everyone's in that boat. I mean, if I look at my own team, I've got Lundstrom, Rico, Soyonchu, Kelly. You know, I, I basically have like one viable defender in Trent mm. at the moment. Yeah, so for, in that situation, I guess for those who for those who have like a double Liverpool defence and one or two Sheffield United defenders, you you can 
you can't bench. I don't know somebody. how many people though have realistically. I think the vast majority of people have a defence, as Kylie said there, and that was part of the reason why that I was, don't know. I wasn't yeah, on last yeah. week's podcast, but most people in the template have. They have Lundstrom, who isn't playing at the moment. They've Kelly, Rico, these guys who Rico is, yeah, we won't even mention his name on the podcast again because it's impossible to know when to play him and when to just burn his jersey in your garden. And also then you have like this Ionsu who isn't getting any clean sheet returns whatsoever. So it feels like there's a lot of fires to put out. And Soyonsu, I doubt many people would have the luxury of having Soyonsu as like a fourth or fifth defender that they can just put so, on the bench. So my point is <clears throat> if you, let's say you have Kelly and Rico, right? So you already have two one that doesn't play and a Rico that is playing but in a crap team. You have Soyuncu who, in t- okay, you're not going to play him against City, most likely. But in two game weeks, he's going to have an amazing run, right? All I'm saying is if you have other fires where you have... But that, that was what I was saying, though, is that if you have other fires, you're going to have to prioritise that first. Then comes your Leicester and everything. Of the Leicester ones, I would say Soyuncu's the greater problem. Not that you should prioritise getting rid of Soyuncu ahead of, say, getting rid of a, a Lundstrom or a Kelly who are not playing at all. And speaking of um, attacking teams who we all generally rely on for um, for our big money players up top, uh, Manchester City, we don't really kind of, we're not seeing the kind of returns from them that we would expect. We're definitely not seeing the kind of results from them we'd expect because I think they've probably dropped more points at this stage of the season than we would expect over the entire season. Um, but Marzi, what do you think on City, their form, fixtures, and maybe who is a buy or a sell at the moment from the citizens? Yeah. We say with, I mean, listen, you know how much I hate XG and XA and stats, right? But there is no way City should have lost that game. It, they did. It doesn't matter. But from an FPL point of view, if I was an Aguero owner or a Sterling owner, I'll be like smashing my head. Like, what? The, how did they not score? Especially the bit where Sterling basically passed it when the keepers, everybody was, all the players are down. All, all Gondogan had to do was put it in the net and he still blazed it over. I personally think it was uh, a a one-off. I think City have been actually playing okay. Uh, they they are still more capable of demolishing any team. In fact, because of this score, I would say, listen, City are City. You hold their players. This this is certain players. You've got KDB, you've got Aguero, you keep hold of them. Maybe Mares. Sterling, you should have sold ages ago. And to be honest, there are so many better players right now in the game. And he's sort of form. That holding that much money, I don't even know. What, I sold him so long ago. I think he's between... 11 and a half or 12? He's 11.7, I think, because I saw... Too much money. Uh, yeah, like, isn't it's it? just not... Too much. Too much. How has he not dropped more? Because I... Now, maybe there's a lot of dead I, teams that still own him. Must be. I think, yes, dead teams or... Uh, I don't know, people hoping. Because, you know, I, I used to be in that boat where you think, right, he, he's getting chances, but and he's going to do it, and he's going to do it. I think you just have to cut the ties loose. But listen, I looked at their fixtures, but then I thought, you know, it's City. You don't look at their fixtures. For me, like I said, I think KDB and Aguero are a hold. If you have Mares, I think you can afford to hold him for the next two as well, depending on your bench. For me, listen, they have they want to try and secure second place. Pep does not want to go third or fourth. He does not want that qualifiers. And for him, second is minimum. They have two games now, two important games before Europe starts. And they'll be playing Leicester and they need to win that game. Actually, I'm thinking of bringing Aguero in. We'll talk about it in the transfers. I think the fact that he came off 
early is actually a positive for me. He came off early so he'd be fresher. They have a full week before the European game, right? They play in the early part of the winter break. So the, the next week we have a game week over two weeks. City play this side of the break. Liverpool play the weekend before the Champions League. So City have a full week. I expect a strong team against West Ham to basically, Pep will want to punish them. And I see them actually the way West Ham defended, I see them rolling West Ham over. I could be wrong, but I think that's what, that, that's what will happen. Uh, it's also like a lot of teams um, wildcarded and build their team. And they probably, have, you, you can, uh, for one game, you can bench Aguero, if you, if, it depends how many players you have, but you need to make sure that you have a strong 11 and you can bench an Aguero or a KDB. You don't want to sell them if you have value in them. Or they also, not a flip, it's an easy sell because if you bring in Aguero, then the whole, the, the, the forwards are, you, or you pick anyone you want because you're only going down. He's the most expensive. So you pick, take your pick out of all the players. KDB, if you bought him from the beginning, there's absolutely, you do not sell him for one game. Because they have some amazing fixtures. After 31, you look at their fixtures. Now, between them and 31, we will also see what's happening in Europe. Have, if they secure that second place, if they beat Leicester and build a gap and, and win the next two and Leicester keep dropping points, then we'll start seeing what team Peb is putting out in Europe, what team he's putting in the league. Is there this that he's going to focus on the Champions League? And then you can start and say, right, OK, we see a pattern here. He's picking the strongest team. Jesus is playing in the league. I'm jumping on Jesus because they have some good fixtures. Maybe some players want to prove themselves. I don't know. But it gives us some time to between now and 31 to see what he wants to do. And between now and Europe, you can kind of like bank on them. And then when Europe comes, listen, and with Pep, Europe or no Europe, there's always going to be this question. Will he play them? Will he not? So you have to take that into account and make sure that you have a playing bench. Um, that's the way I'm approaching it for me. They will have doubles. They'll have doubles. They'll have two doubles because I see them progressing in the FA Cup. Um, so they will have a double in 34 or 37. They already have a, a potential double. Maybe still in 29. We don't know. You need to follow Ben and Krillin and, and watch out because there's rumours that it could be in 29. But I think it might, the more we don't hear about it, the less likely it is. But those players are worth it, especially if we get to see a pattern between now and Europe. Exactly, yeah. And one thing people have to remember too is like that Man City, as much as they might take their foot off the gas, thinking they're not take the foot off the gas, they might um, regard the league to be gone. Um, you know, shortly. I'm not taking Anthem for granted because I've been a Liverpool fan long enough to to <coughs> not do that. But it's a, if he if he decided that the league was not there to be won, they still will want to have that second place sewn up. Absolutely. And Leicester are going to push them all yeah, the way by the looks right. of it. Is, yeah. Like he was they, not happy about the result at the weekend, so I mean, you, you no, he's been for forty-five minutes. He'll be yeah, judging. He'll really be judging. Long. He'll be judging a lot of his players on based the on one if, they're, thing, if they're going to be pep players long term, based on the yeah. way that they finish off the season. With Man City blanking, there is like decent cheap options like Crystal Palace, Brighton are playing each other. There's um, Newcastle against Burnley. There is cheap options that people should be able to kind of have on their bench without having yes. to sell their Man Absolutely. City assets. Absolutely. It's, a, it's an easy bench because there's a lot of good fixtures in that game week. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just what you don't want to ha- At the moment, if you have three Sheffield uh, United, three, three City or something like that, or a, or a Grealish, you, you need to be careful with, with your team. It's just about your team setup, and especially, or if you have uh, Arsenal players. One thing I would say, 
there's, there's two more things. The first one is I would not look at their defence. They just seem to be all over the place. Laporte is not fully fit and the other defenders are just not good enough. Uh, Wing-backs, God knows who's going to play. Um, the other thing is this penalty situation is interesting now. Pep has talked about it. He was not happy with all the misses, so he wants to start again. I think, I believe it's the first time, and I could be wrong, where Gundogan and Aguero were on the pitch at the same time and Gundogan took, took the penalty. And I'm hoping because he missed it, it goes back to Aguero now. I'm hoping. I could be wrong. Did you hear, Mars, actually? Did you, so um, I had heard from some uh, Spurs and City fans that there was a suggestion that it was simply because actually Lloris uh, apparently has saved a couple of Aguero's penalties in the past. And so maybe on this occasion, because of that... It, maybe. That it could be. He be missed why. the Champions League. I think he missed the one in the Champions League. Yeah. Against so, so potentially... It, it, because, I mean, Aguero, you know, it was, I know Aguero has missed penalties in the past, but it was Jesus who, you know, who, who missed the penalty that created this whole kerfuffle. It wasn't Aguero. Yeah. Um, so we still, I, I guess, the point there that uh, we're all sort of alluding to is that we actually still don't know. We thought we might get a, a really clear answer, but I don't think that we have one just yet. And, and as you said, maybe... Um, because uh, Gundogan missed the penalty, maybe he's not on them. Who knows? It's um, it's going to be interesting, and because I think a lot of people like you, I've given it thought as well, um, are looking at Aguero for next week as a really interesting kind of punt, I guess, because West Ham are terrible. Um, and is Aguero on penalties? That's an, an interesting factor. Um, to sort of throw in the mix, and we don't, we just don't know. Um, the last of our quadruple um, kind of key big topics for the game week is Arsenal. Kylie, um, the Gunners have the fixtures, and but as me, both of me and you are Aubameyang owners, so I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to think on this. But what do you think of their performance the weekend? But also, what do you make of their players from an FPL perspective? Ah. Uh. Arsenal, right? Not fabulous yet, <laughs> despite uh, Arteta coming in. Look, what I'd say is, I guess, uh, firstly, that there's definitely been significant improvements um, resilience-wise, defensively, definitely improved because, I mean, we all know how shambolic Arsenal were. Um, and th- there's been big strides in that regards. But uh, just a quick note on those, because of the other options, some of which have been discussed and um, we might cover up a couple more in, in the questions that have come in, um, but I just wouldn't be considering Arsenal's defence just yet as a result, and more so because um, there are just so many other options. Um, attack, which is really what we're interested in, and specifically Aubameyang, and I'll get to him in a second. Um, part of the reason why many of us jumped on uh, on Aubameyang this week uh, is because when you look at their run of fixtures, blank aside, they're facing some of the most poorest defences in the league in, in the coming weeks. I mean, their fixtures are home to Newcastle and home to Everton, then they blank, then they're home to West Ham, and then away to Brighton and Southampton, home to Norwich, and then they play Wolves. So there's some really good fixtures in there. Um, but the thing about it is the attacking numbers as a team I'm talking about here rather than Aubameyang specifically, they're just not great. So if you actually look at the last four for uh, goal threat 
right, comparing all teams, only Palace are below them for minutes per chance. And, I mean, Palace have really struggled to score this season. So that's concerning. Um, it's slightly less awful at 15th if you're looking at uh, shots on target. Um, now, as I said, that's over the last four. But if you actually change that out to the last 10, the picture barely improves. So it's looking very underwhelming in that regard. And I guess that brings us then to Aubameyang. So he became a tempting option because, as we know, he has delivered uh, almost under the radar to some I mean, obviously, his ownership is much larger outside of the Twitter bubble. But, you know, he, he has kind of gone under the radar this season um, compared maybe to the likes of last year because he scored 14 goals and he's got three assists. And that's all sort of been happening while lots of us haven't owned him. Um, and obviously, because of the the fixtures that they've got, he he's become a, a key target. Um, but in in looking at him, what's particularly interesting, and maybe I wish I'd looked at this a week earlier, is that, um, as I said, his, his next three fixtures, blank aside, are at home. So Newcastle, Everton, West Ham. Um, but actually, Aubameyang has been far more prolific away from home than he has at the Emirates. Nine of his goals and one of his assists came away, and all three of his double-digit hauls. And three isn't a huge number of double-digit hauls, incidentally, for someone who is best part of 11 million. Um, but the three of them came away as well. Of his 11 home matches, bearing in mind he's missed one away match and one home match for the ban, but um, of those 11 matches, he's blanked five times uh, at home. So... Owners like you and I, Don, will certainly be hoping for improvement if we're holding on to him in this period. Um, if you look at the, the upcoming fixtures, you know, in reverse, he scored two goals and an assist um, and then blank. So between Newcastle and, and West Ham and blanked against Everton. The West Ham fixture was when he got the goal and an assist. Um, but that's the one that comes after the blank. So it's entirely possible that people will not be holding him that long, even though the fixtures following the blank are good. They might have looked at it and gone, I'm going to get him in for these three fixtures, including the Burnley one, and then perhaps sell him to a an Ings or a Jimenez or Vardy if he's back in form by then um, for 28. So hard to know. Um, if you look at the stats then in terms of uh, goal threat. So, Looking this across the whole season, right? But his goal involvement at home is 29%. His involvement away is 83%. Like that's shocking discrepancy between the two. It's huge. So, and the thing that makes no sense is I would typically be looking at things like um, shots, shots on target, chances created. Um, shots in the box, these kind of stats. There's actually really little in it between home and away in terms of all these numbers. So it's like 2.6 shots at home, right? And that's like 2.4 away. And then 1.8 in the box at home, two away. 0.9 shots on target at home, 1.1 away. It's, it's really minor in terms of those numbers. And yet we're seeing quite a discrepancy in um, – his goal involvement and, and his actual output. So that is a little bit concerning to me at the moment, just given the 
way Arsenal have been playing attack-wise. Now, he did have chances um, against Burnley and perhaps he's a little bit rusty. He hasn't played in a couple of matches. I don't know. I think it's a big question for people. Most of us would have got him in for these few fixtures. And the question you need to ask yourself is, are you just going to base your decision on one game against Burnley? Burnley, who bear in mind, many sold because of their very average form but you know in the last three fixtures they've been you know superb we've got a huge amount of points uh, as pope owners as a result of not being able to get rid of him pure happy accident right um so can, can we judge him on that or are a lot of people going to be tempted to do a sort of switcheroo situation and go to aguero because of this west ham fixture because there's no question that aguero does not have a form issue at the moment blank on the weekend aside. Um, for me, I think I am in a situation where I would love to get Aguero in, but I don't know if I can because I am one of these unfortunate people with lots of fires at the moment. As I said, I've got a five-a-side team and like maybe a couple of spares. Um, so I, I might just have to hope that he he does something for me but I'm probably more concerned having looked at the numbers now than I I was before granted sometimes you're better still... not to look at the numbers Kylie yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to hope. ignore them yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I know but he still that... he still returned all of these points right so it is, is absolutely but I possible I think I think I think that he's one of these perfect example of players that you just have to pay the money for and then just leave him go for Eat four, it. five, yeah. six game weeks and hopefully at the end of it will be uh, that that will will come out on top with it. But uh, but it is well, it is a frustrating it. because he does have a lot of blanks this season and yet he still does have that many goals and assists. So he has been getting the returns, but he's probably been quite frustrating for a lot of owners because um you know, like you're not getting, other than his super consistent run in the first seven weeks, it's kind of been a little bit patchy. And we just have to hope that we've got him in now, um, that he does something to justify that decision in the next two matches. Because I think personally, I think he's way too expensive and mm. doesn't justify putting on your bench. He's it no is. Kevin De Bruyne. You no, know, I no. would not be benching yeah, Aubameyang. I, I think he if, will be if... sold. Well, the only way he will have is if he if he literally bangs in the next couple of game weeks that I go right. He's worthy. He's worthy keeping because at the moment he's my um he is my fourth kind of option, and I'd have my full bench ready to roll for the blank. But um he is the the, the odd one out that I you know I'm looking at as being the guy that I'll sell for for a non-blanking player. Maybe bring him back in Verdi, but uh, we shall wait and see. Um, that's all we got time for, really, on our big topics. So um, now we're going to kick into our listener questions section of the show. Now, so first up, we have FBL Dave, so FBL Beer Club. Um, he was first of all, Mar- Marzi. He was wondering when do you start showing sh- throwing shit at walls? 100k, 500k, when? <laughs> Well, you could argue I've already started, so I, I don't know. Um, it really depends. I was at 800, and I was like, well, 800k, and that's. I, this doesn't mean to sound condescending, but for me, 100, 200, 500, 800 is not good. It's not. It's not where I want to be. So I could. St- I start going mental sometimes, even if I'm inside. There. I'm trying to be a bit better now because 
I went from 900 to 200, then back to 800, and now I'm back at 200k. And I'm like, right, I really want to build up to get in into to the 50 and then 10 or whatever. Um, but I, I would say, you know, enjoy, what I'm trying to do now is attack the games. I mentioned Aguero. Talk more about it in the transfers. I want to attack the games, which is why I was trying to make the point about, you know, for, for me, some people might uh, with the soy thing. I'd rather I ignore my defense in general. Even Lundstrom, I'm keeping. I have four defenders, as long as there's two Liverpool, and as long as one other plays, I really don't care. They get two points, one point, four points, and focus on where where I think the the, the points are going to come, the holes, which is the attackers and midfielders. So you could say, I'm already started, and I'm at 200. So I think it really depends on your target and also where you are in your mini-league. If, if you're too far behind and you want to catch up, then you need to start going um, a little bit different. But you know, when we talk about differential, sometimes I think Kylie mentioned this a few times. The combination of players becomes a differential. So it's not just about one player, but if you have a Salah, a KDB, an Aguero, and an Aubameyang, it's probably only one percent have all these four. So that is a dif- that is a differential move by itself. So just look at your situation, look at your mini league, decide what's important for you right now. There's what 13 game weeks left. You can still make a lot of moves in those uh, up up the or. Yeah, good stuff, Marzi. Um, I hundred percent agree. It's like a, you know, you might you might want to um, you you might want to start uh, bringing in a couple of kind of lower ownership people. But as Marzi, you're always saying too, uh, they're low low ownership for a reason, probably. But uh, but yeah, it is. If you get yeah. these kind of expensive <laughs> expensive, their differentials almost because they're price tags. So um, Aguero, Bamiang, these ones, they're kind of ones who can fire you up there. Um, FBL Dempsey Kylie was talking about with West Ham coming up is Gabriel Jesus worth a short term punt as an alternative for Vardy owners so we did discuss Man City a good bit earlier on but uh, what's your thinking on Vardy and also Kaza was talking about what to do with Vardy so um, is Jesus somebody you might turn to mm-hmm. to be honest um, no I think if I was going to be making the move I would be punting on Aguero um, but I understand that obviously there's a significant price difference between um, uh, Jesus and Aguero, and uh, Jesus certainly is a is a fit price wise for a, a Vardy substitute. I think Jesus probably should play. Um, if we look at the the match against Villa when both Jesus and Aguero played, um, and I, th- I think Mara's played that match as well, and obviously they decimated Villa. Now Villa were being Villa like in that match, so you you kind of have to take that with a pinch of salt. Um, a, Pep hasn't played the two of them together very often. Um, but if you look at the form of Sterling, who just, I don't know what is going on, that he's getting so many minutes. I feel like he's more nailed on now, as terrible as he is, than he was last season when he was amazing. Why is that? I don't know what he what is going on there. Um, I would like to think that there's an option there for Jesus and Aguero to be played together, which then makes both of them an option, particularly given the, the, the questionable form of Sterling and perhaps the um, terrible corner from Mares. But I just don't know. And I think that I, I'm not sure that I, it's a gamble I'd be willing to take on Jesus at for this game week. I think it's different if we're talking about later in the season, like Mars was talking about um, 
in terms of perhaps focus starting to shift somewhat to Champions League and do we start to see a pattern in how these people are played and then does Jesus look, look like a good pick? Maybe. Um, but we just don't know at this stage. I think that feels like maybe a step too far. It's already a gamble to bring in Aguero, but I think a gamble that feels warranted. It would feel a bit like one of those shit, throwing shit against the wall kind of moves. Getting yeah, in but, I, I but it could so. work. It could work. could it, work, but it's, it uh, work. it's a bit too, very risky. Quite um, out there. The, um, the other question that Kaza was actually asking about was best defensive options for Lundstrom. Um, and he's yeah. wondering whether or not maybe the Lord got too big for his boots and ruined himself <laughs> as an FBL yeah, option. Well, but, um, what's your thinking? I'm, I'm for, personally, Lascelles was a guy I brought in on, on Wildcard, yeah. and I think their fixtures look good he's, too. Um, he's an he easy is on move. my list, yeah. Uh, so on the Lord, there is a bit of a, a rumour that's kind of floating around about that. Did he, because obviously he was in these videos with the official Premier League, uh, Fantasy Premier League, uh, you know, and there was all this talk about how teammates were calling him the Lord in the dressing rooms and um, a story about how apparently his agent is trying to get more money for him and an extended contract and various other things. How much of that is true, I don't know, but it would be an interesting intersection um, of fantasy football's impact on footballers. So who knows? We're, we're all in the dark a bit there. But um, on options, yeah. So I think first and foremost, if you only have two Liverpool players, then I would say Liverpool defence is the best choice for a reason. It might not be the affordable choice for some, but if you can do it, absolutely, I would be going there. And there's plenty of great options. Um, if you don't want to stretch to Robertson, I still think Van Dijk's a great option. There is also Gomez as a cheaper one if you decide that you want to go for him. Um, then after that, I think you've got Sheffield. Now, we know how great they are. Lots of people did brilliantly from tripling up. Um, the, the only caveat to that is whether you have the depth in your uh, bench or uh, to be able to facilitate uh, benching whoever you bring in there. So in my personal position, I don't really have that because um, I, I've got uh, the dead template bench uh, that I need to resurrect. Um, so, but but if you are someone that does have um, have that depth, then absolutely they look like such a good shout and I wouldn't want to be swayed into missing out on those clean sheets that I absolutely believe will be there simply because of one game week. Moving on from them, then you referenced LaSalle. So Newcastle have a great run from 27 to 33. Interestingly, a lot, a huge percentage of their goals have been scored by their defenders because their attackers are fairly terrible. Um, and 4.2 for LaSalle looks great value. They've seven clean sheets. They've only conceded two in the last four. Look really good. Southampton, we come back to. So if you look at recent form, obviously it looks a little bit bleak because they've conceded nine in the last six. Four of those, of course, were against Liverpool. But if you actually look at the last six, right, so it's Liverpool, Crystal Palace twice they played them. They played Wolves, Tottenham, and Leicester. So it's obviously not an easy run. Um, but they did keep two clean sheets in that time. So one was against Palace uh, in one of the matches, and then one was against Spurs. Um, they play in 28. They have a really lovely run coming up now, actually straight in from 26 onwards. Um, their cheap options have a goal threat. So 
they are quite popular, as is McCarthy, you know, as a backup to Henderson, um, like Mars was talking about earlier. So they still look a really good option given those fixtures. And then the last one I would say is a little bit of a curveball one, and that is Wolves. And particularly if you are looking at a potential non-free hit 31, um, as was discussed earlier, and, and maybe three Wolves is a good idea. So they're third best over the last four for shots conceded. Um, and in where this is most interesting, because they like they haven't been conceding a lot of shots all season, but they have been letting in goals, which is quite frustrating. But um, obviously, Bolly is back, 4.7. And uh, lo and behold, they get a clean sheet. They're first in about 4 billion years. And they've only got five clean sheets this season, but four of them have come while Bolly was playing. So he really does add a lot of solidity at the back, and I think it augurs well for more clean sheets potentially to come, particularly as they do have quite a lot of good fixtures coming up. Um, he's only 2% owned as well, so he's a really good differential in that regard. And historically, he has had goal threats, so he hasn't scored this season. He's obviously been out for a significant amount of time. Um, but, you know, we could see him come back to the fore from an attacking perspective as well. So that's just a few there, um, but it does cover quite a wide range of price points. So I think depending on your circumstances with respect to the likes of Liverpool and, and Sheffield United, um, how many Liverpool you have, and um, how many game week 28 blankers you have, um, you know, they may or may not be an option, but but between all the rest of them, and they've all got great fixtures. So it, there is definitely room for diversity there. Yeah, definitely. I think that the diversity in actually defence was again part of the reasons that I was uh, that yeah, I was actually that I what that I wildcarded, yeah, because it was you know moving away from some of these guys who were doing well earlier on the season, but now looked like their their places in are in jeopardy. Uh, Marzi, and actually, the... interestingly, they okay. all those ones that I think were popular on the wildcard are the ones that have done well as well. Mm, they did well. There was four clean sheets over the. Uh, this past game week, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of teams there with good fixtures coming up. Um, low and mood, that's FBL Simon Marzi was asking about Sar. Now, he was a bit of a favourite and one that you were discussing earlier on in, in previous podcasts, but he's been out injured and now has a flag saying the 8th of February. Um, Simon was wondering, is there any point in keeping Sar around? Um, and if not, then who would be your kind of ready-made replacements for him? He already has three Leicester. Um, so he would have 6.5 in the bank. Treore, James Ward-Prowse, perhaps. Um, so what's what's your thinking on that, Mercy? Yeah, <clears throat> I wouldn't be keeping him, to be honest. It's I mean, um, first, we don't know if he's going to be back or not. You've got Brighton away, United away, Liverpool at home, Palace away, eh? then Leicester at home. So, I mean, it's not the, really the most appealing of fixture lists. Uh, there's other options like De La Fio and Dini at Watford that I think will do better. Yeah, we did talk about him. He was uh, hot a little bit, but then he just went off the ball and then he went off injured. Uh, you know, you get that with new players that come in. And so that's why sometimes we say wait and see and watch. Um, he mentioned two good options. You know, Torori for me is the one that I went for last week. Obviously, he came off injured, but they do have two full two full weeks before they start. They are in the second part of this game week. Um, they have a great fixture run coming up. You it, you know, if you're considering the free hit or 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 anything, um, sorry, to, to to not use the free hit in 31, they're not blanking. 
Um, his link up with Jimenez is 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 brilliant. It's like the new Fraser Wilson. Ward Price is also a good option on set pieces with Southampton. Um, apart from that, maybe uh, you look around uh, Grealish, but you need to be careful with the blank. Um, I think one of those three should be enough. I mean, he's, he can't be your. He's probably not your third player. So if you're looking at the fourth player, then those those guys should suffice. Or you can go down to a Fleck or or one mm, of those. That's what I was going to say, Fleck. Players. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, easy, easy bench when the time comes. Um, let's see what's next on our list of questions. Kylie, Colm O'Canela was asking about: Is it time to jump off Grealish? Uh, fixtures are crap, and blank game week twenty-eight is Son the perfect replacement for game week twenty-six, even for a hit. Yeah, he's really hard because every time I own him, I seem to get him when he blanks and then I sell him and then he gets monster hauls. The, the thing is he actually really should have had returns this weekend. So perhaps feel a little bit hard done by. Um, I don't, I, I guess, again, you know, it's a little bit of a broken record thing, but it so much depends on whether, because that kind of feels a little bit like a luxury transfer this week. But if you're in really great shape and you don't have any fires to put out. Um, you're really happy that you, you've got the kind of key plays you want in for the fixtures. Then certainly because he has some tricky fixtures and he's not playing in 28, there's far worse moves to make than shifting him on. The thing with Son as an alternative is, okay, yes, he did return this week, but he has been underwhelming. I always fancy him for points, but for a hit in what is a tricky game week because of the fact that this match is happening in the second half of the winter break, that would just kind of make me a little bit nervous about a hit for it because we're obviously not going to have press conference information. Um, look, it's not that I think that Son would miss out or anything. Um, he's been playing every match and he is key for that team. But it's just there's something a little bit precarious about going in blind with a hit. Sum up by saying it depends on your team. Um, if you really back on and you really want to do it, then go for it. it. It pays to be aggressive, and Villa are a team that are conceding a lot of goals defensively pretty bad. Um, personally, I'm not entirely sure that I would want to take a hit for it in the week that it is. But there's plenty of case for why you would want to move on Grealish despite how well he's done. Cool. Thanks, Moon K. Uh, Mersey, um, is there a late question? Yeah, have, yes. Yeah, no, it's um, it's not late. You just uh, missed it, Don. <laughs> um, from e, uh, F, FPL Dave, but the FPL, you know, like really long that. Yeah, he's Scottish. Maybe that's why. That's why he, that's why he wrote it. So at, at FPL Dave, yep. Yeah. Uh, Manning. What a problem. Should I replace him? And if so, who with? Uh, what do you guys think? That's tough because I feel like still, obviously still held um, Mane. Mm. So held him through that. Um, and I guess, you know, he hasn't been ruled out of the next match. I think logically speaking, that doesn't ever mean that it's right but logically speaking I, I would think that it doesn't really make sense for Mane to be kind of thrown back in against Norwich when they should comfortably be able to handle Norwich without him and critically they have that important CL match coming very shortly after so I think maybe he gets a 
run out at the end of the Norwich match. Um, so if you're looking to sell and bring someone else in, like, I mean, if you don't have Salah, I would be bringing Salah in even late on, but I'm guessing you probably do. Um, if you're not planning to have double Liverpool attack, then maybe just still sell. It's, I, th- I think it's quite a tricky one, though. What do you think? Uh, I agree with you. I think the fact that you've held him so far. Do I think he'll play against Norwich? I have a feeling he won't be risked because of the Atletico yeah. Madrid game. Um, and there are, you know, you could take a punt on Maris for two weeks or, or Son. We just talked about that. Um, I think really actually Son on... makes sense. Yeah, in, in, because of the fixture that Son has, yeah. maybe a quick one-two. Yeah, and, and it just depends on your team and your setup and if you have a strong enough bench to, to bench Mane again. So really depends on, on the setup. You know, I, I, I didn't want to keep him. Um, but, yeah. Yep, cool beans. Um, let's kick on with our last our random question from Jeff at FPL Thunder. A uh, bit of an odd one this week, Jeff. Uh, we've, we've been racking our brains because we're not really big into these, but uh, which TV panel show would you perform best on? Um, Kylie, do you know um, of any panel shows that you actually would ever watch? No, sorry, sorry to disappoint Jeff, but okay. uh, I don't it's, watch panel uh, shows. I don't even know. We could discuss if it was if it was a sports one, though. You do have, don't you, or or a show like, or whatever it's called. Like, I, uh, yeah, no, like I said, like if if it counts, if match of the day counts or something like that. Like I watch match of the day, but I don't watch. There is any... there is a panel on it, so we'll go for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. yeah. There's a panel um, on the chase as well of a sort, and I'm fine with that. But if you're talking about these other ones, then no. I they're contestants, so we can't them. really go there. Mm. Mm. Uh, well, Mersey, how about you? Yeah, I'm a regular listener to Loose Women, as everybody knows. Like, uh, I just, you know, I find them. <laughs> no, for me, it would be Good Morning Britain. I would love to sit with Piers Morgan because sometimes I want to shake him and tell him just because you have seven whatever million list- followers on Twitter does not mean that they. I sometimes I follow people that I don't like to see what on earth they are talking about. Just to I'd to say that's bash most them. of his listeners. Yeah, exactly. But Not sometimes he actually brings to the floor really important points and discussions like having the guy, Lexi, whatever, Tommy Robinson, you know, and, 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 you know, and arguing with him and facing him and letting people hear the crap that he comes out with. So you have to respect him. Sometimes he brings up really important topics and then sometimes he just needs to let some things go like Meghan Markle and all that crap. So I would love to sit next to Piers Morgan and Suzanne on uh, Good Morning Britain. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave you to do that one on your own, Marzi. Um, I'll go on question of sport. I don't know if that's still running, but it used to be running years ago. <laughs> still, I'd, I'd be it's, okay it's, on t- it's on TV on one of the nights. Like They basically mm. shifted it over the time because maybe less people are watching it. Yeah, no, they, they, they used to be decent uh, Used to be decent back in the day. Um, our game week plans and our captain picks, though, folks, as we usually are final section of the show. So I'll come to you first, Kylie. Um, have you any kind of plans in the works and who is likely to be your captain pick in Game Week 26? Okay, well, my team is just shy of the uh, dog in the burning kitchen, this is fine gif. Um, honestly, like it's not it's not that great at the moment. I have Liverpool and then everyone else is terrible. Um, that's slightly melodramatic. Kevin's not <laughs> just terrible. Slightly. Love you, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know me. Um, I really need to do something about defence. So it's 
very probable that I will be, I, I do have a lot of money. I, I had a couple of million in the bank um, and then I've obviously got more money from selling um, Mane, even though I did bring in a Bamiyang for Hala last week. So it is my intention to upgrade my defence, one of the non-players to a Liverpool defender. So that resolves my third Liverpool spot and it also resolves a huge part of my defensive issues. So I will be doing that. Um, whether I will take a hit to do, I suppose, a more aggressive uh, move because I also want to be taking advantage of fixtures to try and make gains. And the, I don't like taking hits that involve a defender, but I, I also am conscious that I need to resolve certain things and get my team in shape before 28 so that I'm able to deal with all of that. Um, so I have to make a decision on whether I would take a punt on Aguero or whether I won't. Um, and perhaps I might play it more simply and um, get rid of Vardy for Ings or Jimenez instead. Yeah, because the Ings of Southampton are coming into this fixture run that we were all waiting for and planning for. So... I think Ings could be um could be. It's certainly the most stable option. I think it resolves a lot more of my issues by doing that. But it's just like Aguero is the shiny thing that I. <laughs> uh, he's a shiny thing uh, with a big shiny for me, head. But I can't be. And I'll be tempted. Um, yeah, Marzi, how about yourself? What's your plans? I'm highly li- so Hala's going for Ings, and I'm highly likely to do. Uh, I want Aguero for the next two weeks minimum. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to do Vardy. I, I didn't want to sell him, but I think it's time. I think, you know, he could easily punish you, but he's playing Wolves away and then City at home, although I did talk about the City defence. I need to think about it. I really want Aguero. Uh, if I don't do Aguero, then I probably would bring in... Mar- I'm ta- I don't care about hits at this stage, to be honest. It, it, I, I took a hit last week to bring Van Dijk in to fix my, my defence so I can just leave the rest on the bench, whatever. Um and I probably will take another hit. I've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who probably will have one more game, and then he'll become Jimenez later on. Uh, uh, but I can wait for Jimenez. I would rather Aguero, who I think is is much more explosive. And my captain, if I bring Aguero in, he'll be my captain. If I don't, it'll be Salah. But whatever I do, whatever I do, it'll be a captain in one in one half of the week and a vice captain in the other, in case yeah, there's a disaster. A good point. Yeah, that's good thinking. Yeah, uh, I've uh, I, I'm as I mentioned as I mentioned, of course, I've wildcarded. So my plan was to kind of hold a transfer and try to get in a position where I'm kind of banking transfers, um, to plan for the blanks and um and kind of strategy get a bit of more of a strategy going for the remaining game weeks. Uh, Salah will pretty much be my permanent captain, I think, for the remainder. I think he looks like a lad that's in a way, delighted that Mane's injured so that he can put some distance yeah. between him um, for, for the golden boot. But, um, yeah, Salah, definitely, I think we've been permanent captain for now. And um, and all things going well, I won't be doing any transfers this week. And um, I'll look at whether or not Aubameyang has um, has justified his, his location there. Maybe I'll leave him for one more week and see if I make any decisions after that. Um, but uh, yeah that's pretty much it Um, and with that that's all we've got time for on tonight's show 
Thanks a million for listening. Um, we have been Mars. You can find at Mars05 on Twitter. Kylie, you can find at KylieFPL. Myself, you can find at The Marple Curse. And, of course, make sure you're following our group account at 3AmigosFPL. Thanks, as always, for listening and your continued support. Good luck in Game Week 26. Adios, amigos. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos.